And now, Audio Theatre Central. Oh, hi there. I'm John Avery Whitaker. <laughs> Most folks around here call me Whit. <laughs> My name is Finian Jones, and you are... Hello, I'm Dave Arnold, your host for Focus on the Family Radio Theatre. <laughs> Hello, I'm JD. And I'm Roy. And I'm Andrew. We are your hosts for Audio Theater Central. Welcome to episode 39. All right. Well, we're back with another bonus episode for you guys again. Uh, we got some great information, a lot of really cool behind the scenes from the Jonathan Park Volume 9, The Whispering Sphinx, a conversation with the writers of this album. Dwayne Riffenberg and his son Andrew Riffenberg. They also played many of the voices on this album. Um, we were not able to uh, schedule an interview due to our schedules, not not the Riffenbergs, but ours. And so I just asked if they would be willing to record a little bit about their process and a lot of the things that they did on this album. And they came back with a wealth of information. All of you diehard Jonathan Park fans out there are going to love this stuff. So... Sit back, relax, and enjoy this. Uh, show notes, links for everything we talk about, or they talk about, is at audiotheatercentral.com slash 39. If you'd like to t- get in touch with us, send us an email, feedback at audiotheatercentral.com. Well, hi there at Audio Theater Central. We sure want to thank you for letting us be a part of your program today. Uh, I'm Andrew Riffenberg, and I'm here with my dad. Hey, I'm Dwayne Riffenberg. How are you guys? Oh, uh, we just... Uh, Really honored to be able to share this album and how much it's meant to us. And uh, I guess to start, we could just tell you a little bit about how we uh, became involved. Uh, actually, uh, we've been with the program now for about seven years in various capacities. Uh, we started in uh, the acting aspect of it. Dad actually was the, uh, the first person in our family to become an actor. And which part did you play, Dad? I played Daniel Priest on album five, I believe. Uh, the um, Jonathan Park and the Explorer Society. Yeah, so that was an awful lot of fun, and, and we'd always really wanted to be a part of a radio drama. So it, it was really special to be able to, to take part and, and really for Dad to have such a large part to start with. And so from there, uh, I began work in the production aspect where we assembled the audio and did dialogue editing and, and things like that. And then on album uh, 7... Seven mm-hmm. was uh, the Jonathan Park and the Voyage Beyond, and that's when we started script writing, and we wrote uh, half the episodes in that. We wrote six episodes out of the twelve-episode album, and it was a lot of fun. We got to use uh, some ideas that that Dad had, uh, even from high school, that he had drawn up, and uh, so we were able to incorporate those into a really exciting story. I could even tell him a little bit about the. Uh, I was working on a story in high school. Um, uh, gosh, that, that would be probably back in about 1979, 1980, and um, uh, came up with a, uh, a submarine shaped like a manta ray and um, moved through the water through electronic means. And uh, I had that sitting in a, an old briefcase for years and years, and when we came across the, uh, the idea that Vision Forum wanted to do a story where uh, the creation adventure team goes from uh, undersea to outer space. I thought well, nothing better than a 
uh, an ultra techno submarine, and so I pulled out those drawings, and that's what we used. And so that, that was really exciting to be able to go through that, and then when uh, when Album 9 came around, uh, they proposed um, at Vision Forum that we do a series on Egyptian chronology. And so this was going to be the first solo album that Dad and I wrote uh, all on our own, and then um, Pat uh, Roy, who was the producer, he would act as the as the editor for it, and so we had an awful lot of fun, um, just kind of studying Egypt and some of the classic stories set around Egypt, and um, really digging into this topic that Christians haven't had much interest in. Uh, when when most Christians study archaeology, they go to Israel, and uh, nobody's really paid that much attention to Egypt. And so we'll just give you a bit of a synopsis of the album here. Uh, it's album nine in the series, Jonathan Park and the Whispering Sphinx. So in the album, the creation response team heads to Egypt to unravel the mystery left behind by Dr. Nathaniel Howard, a uh, chronologist. Along the way, they learn how Egyptian chronology doesn't contradict the Bible. And in fact, they learn that Egyptian chronology is much too long. Really, when the, when the modern chronologists take a look at this, they are thinking that Egypt is way older than really even the evidence suggests. Uh, ancient historians like Manetho said that the pharaohs ruled one after the other. So you had one and then another and another after that. But in fact, there's evidence to really show that sometimes two pharaohs were ruling at the same time. So one in Upper and in Lower Egypt. Sometimes there were co-regencies where fathers and sons or even occasionally stepmothers and sons ruled together at the same time. And so that's really the educational subtext of our story, that our heroes, that's what they're going to research. But along the way, a group called the Brotherhood of Sobek is causing riots in Egypt, and they're led by a mysterious man known only as the Effendi. Our heroes encounter one danger after the next, and along the way, they meet a man named Abbas, and he will go on a journey of his own, one which will change his life forever. So this album, I think, is one of the most exciting yet in the series. We, we've had a lot of positive feedback. Yeah, we uh, wanted to put in a whole lot of excitement and adventure and uh, uh, really want to make this story pop so that everybody of every age would really get a kick out of it. And uh, because it was kind of a neat fantasy trip into Egypt, in the news there's all kinds of things going on in the Middle East. And uh, that was a, another fascinating thing is that th as we were writing this, the news seemed to mirror what we were talking about. And uh, we didn't follow the news and then make the story. We actually wrote the story, and as the different episodes were getting wound up, uh, lo and behold, the news would come out and say just about what was happening. So if you have been paying attention to what's been going on in Egypt, and you listen closely to this show, know that it was God <laughs> that was guiding what we were doing because almost everything that is similar to the actual uh, happenings in Egypt over the last two years uh, was happening just after we wrote about it. Really, really fascinating. Uh, so to, to get ready for this story, we, we read, oh, we read so many books and uh, watched a lot of um, Egyptian-themed films just to kind of see how other story writers have handled that topic and uh, listened to uh, numerous other radio programs that were adventure-themed. And what was really interesting is, is when you hear an Egyptian-themed story, you think of crocodiles and mummies, and many of those things are in this album. But it was a little bit different because Egypt is uh, much more of a modern country now. 
and um, it's still kind of considered by many a third world country, but they have railways, and they have cars, and internet, and cell phones, and so Egypt has kind of changed over the years, but there's still enough of its ancient past there, so what was really a challenge for us is we were trying to connect modern-day Egypt to the classic Egypt of the past, because Really, this story is talking about ancient Egyptian chronology in modern times, and it, it has action, and it's exciting. And so that was kind of a challenge to be able to pull all of those those things together. And the educational aspect was really hard. There was an awful lot of different opinions about how to solve Egyptian chronology that we sort of had to, to wade through. And there's still a lot of debate among scholars uh, just over exactly how to handle this, how to shorten the chronology. Many Christians and creationists have been leading the charge that we do need to reduce the chronology because there's plenty of evidence to show that it needs to be done. Uh, we can go all the way back to uh, Sir Isaac Newton and um, many of the prominent people who've even been studying this from way back have realized that much of the information that's there, it's, it's just too long. So that was a real big challenge, and uh, Mr. Roy, who was the show's producer, he acted as uh, as an editor. At times, we'd even have where we'd finish the script, and then there'd be some new evidence that would come along, and so we'd try and incorporate that in. So that was probably the hardest aspect of the whole thing, just being able to find people who were knowledgeable about Egypt, ask them questions, and make sure it was authentic. So in the process, we worked with a lot of native Egyptians, uh, they gave us clues on how to pronounce things and uh, some of the different customs, the way people would say things, things they would do, things they wouldn't do. And so it was really a, an honor and a privilege to work with, with native Egyptians and to see them also take part when it came to the acting. And so that was a lot of, there was a lot of great coaching there. On a word about acting, uh, we also did quite a few voices in this. You'll hear our voice sprinkled through as many characters. And, uh, Dad, if you could just name off briefly, what are some of the characters you played in this one? Oh, heavens. Um, I play a boss, primarily. Um, I also play uh, Dr. Bruce. Uh, I think it's Dr. Yeah. Bruce or Mr. Bruce that Do works. Dr. Bruce, yeah, could you give us a sample of that? Oh, certainly. Uh, I am Dr. Bruce, and I, I spend my time putting mummies together for ex, uh, exhibition in the museum, you know. And also, Dad plays one of the central characters, which is a boss who acts as uh, the guide for the creation response team while they're in Egypt. A boss is a, an Egyptian Muslim who is not exactly a very deep Muslim, but he is seeking his faith. And the, the uh, experience of meeting the creation response team takes him down a path that makes him really uh, examine what it is he, he truly believes. And so uh, there's a lot of different characters sprinkled through there. I know uh, I played a tour guide at a living history exhibit on the Nile River. And it was fun because I was able to be someone who I am not normally being. I would have to be much hyper, yeah, much more hyper than I usually am. So that was that was an experience for me. <laughs> but uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. And Dad has always done voices uh, as long as I can remember. And actually, that's what first started us in the program is I thought, oh, there's a few characters in there. And it seems like, um, I know, they could use even some of Dad's foreign voices in there. And so that's really what, what got us started, is that uh, Dad called uh, Mr. Roy, and it just so happened at exactly that time, 
Mr. Roy was uh, casting for uh, the Explorer Society, and so that's how we became involved, was um, doing the voices. And in this album, I think Dad has done more voices than in any other album. And it was a real stretch because there was a lot of voices that needed to be done. And I don't think you and I really realized how many different Middle Eastern accents we could do. Yeah, having that was having real. to take some and and change them and still trying to make them authentic and sometimes uh, when we're working on a voice, you know, you think about uh, pitch. Oh, you have voices down here. Then you have voices that are like this, and then sometimes you have voices that are up here, and even some that are completely strange. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, Dad, could you just give us a sampling of a couple of your voices? Oh, well, one of my most favorite ones is this one I used basically on my children. This is Wally the Pack Rat, a, uh, a, a character that we came up with uh, just here to, to make the children laugh. And, and this voice grew out of actually doing my taxes. I was doing my taxes and um, analyzing what, what the government wanted, and, and Andrew was reading off to me different things as, as we were doing these taxes together, and the tension got more and more, and I was trying to figure out how to figure things, and all of a sudden it just happened. <laughs> And so, you know, tension can really help. But uh, voices are actually a, a whole lot of fun. And it's something that started around the dinner table at my house when I was a kid. My uh, brothers did some voices, and uh, I basically found I had a talent for it. And so I spent years of my life doing voices and entertaining my friends in grade school and high school and, and all that. And I, I was actually praying heavily, uh, trying to figure out what God would have me to do with such a bizarre talent. And... Uh, we just kind of, like Andrew said, uh, he was listening to a episode of Jonathan Park and said, you know, Dad, you do um, better accents than some of these guys on the radio. And so I called, uh, hunted down Pat Roy and talked to him, and he said, you know, usually we use native speakers as much as possible, but uh, you picked out the ones that weren't native, and I kind of like your voice, so uh, I happen to be uh, casting for a couple of new characters. Why don't you send me a tape? And so I did, and that's how I got the part as Daniel Priest. Yeah, and I, I really think, too, it's kind of an interesting thing to, to study, to, if you're really doing it professionally, is that in making a voice, it's not just saying some words, but sometimes it, it takes some practice to come up with a, a whole new character. And there's a lot of people in animation history and things like that who were famous for being able to manufacture um, different voices that were required for different characters. And this is really very much the same. And it's a challenge because the very first time you get behind the microphone, you don't really expect um, the level of energy that you're going to need. Sometimes you can feel there's a lot of action in Jonathan Parks. We're running, we're screaming, and we're, we're jumping. But it's never, when you think you're doing your full amount of energy, it's never enough. And uh, our director, Catherine Moken, we've we've directed on occasion, but um, Catherine Moken is the director of uh, the program, and uh, she's always telling all of us actors more energy, more energy, because you need that energy to really project your voice and really sound like you're really running, you're really scared, you're you're really excited, and so that's that's been an awful lot of fun to be able to just um, learn something new in that. And then listening to native speakers in a case where you're doing the accents, we want to try and make them as authentic as possible, as understandable as possible, and that's that's a challenge sometimes. But um, we had some really great people to talk with who just let us know how to how to affect the different parts of speech, how to roll an R, how to um, 
how a certain word would be pronounced, the certain cadence, the the, the rhythm of how it, uh, words are said. So it was it was a very exciting experience. It was fascinating too to talk to uh, some native Egyptian people who had come to the the states, and you know I didn't realize as we were asking what a strange question it was to ask, but you had to ask these people to say different words that are English words or in that connotation and then pick up on their accent and uh, have them kind of coach you as to just how you would say a word like that. Like, uh, for instance, the word pyramid. You and I would say pyramid with a P, but somebody with an Egyptian accent actually says pyramid with a B. Um, also, when you're saying the... Um, Sometimes you want to put like a, an S in it, like Z, uh, and we had some differing opinions on that. Some would say that, oh, you would say like D, D car is going, and others would say Z car is going. So uh, we had to kind of differentiate between the two, and uh, I, actually one of the people that did some acting for us was a guide at the pyramids, and he told me that they're actually trained to speak a little more with a, an American accent, if possible, to make it more understandable for the English and American tourists that come. So uh, it, it took a lot of honing to get the proper uh, accent. But then when you get the proper accent, um, there were a whole lot of parts that still needed to be filled in, and so we had to come up with different voices. And basically you do that by augmenting the pitch or kind of um, overlaying on an Egyptian accent, say another character or another person you know. Maybe it's an older person that uh, might have a grumpy attitude. So here is the, the um, Egyptian accent is like this as I'm talking. And now if I overlay that in my mind with, with an angry person, and maybe, maybe an angry person who is a little older, you see how this changes the voice to go from one person to another person. And so if you really pay attention as you listen to Jonathan Park, you'll find Andrew and myself and a couple of other people doing multiple characters. I think between the two of us, goodness, how many did you do? I, I think it was in a realm of, uh, I, I think, played about 10, 10 to 15, and I, and I think it was the same for you. Yeah. And it, it was quite a few characters in the program, and that was really exciting because we'd often find a line that, that just needed a, another actor, and um, as we really got near the end, of production, we would need those lines, and so we would often uh, record those, and that was that was just an awful lot of fun. It was a really stretching experience for us, and we we've really got some great actors on the program. Most of our actors are um, they're they're basically amateur actors, but they have a passion for acting, and we really enjoyed having um, Tovik Lieberman, who plays Akiva, come back. And he did. Oh, he did such a great job in album eight, and then I think he did a really, really good job in album nine. And there was a lot of interplay between uh, Akiva, who is of course Jewish, and Abbas, who is an Arab, and sort of that that conflict that's been going on really for thousands of years. We tried to mirror that in the script, and a lot of listeners enjoyed hearing just some of the the good natured um, jabs between the two of them, and then to see how how they become friends as the album progresses. And uh, if you want to see any uh, cast credits, we have a website that we maintain. It's uh, jonathanparkbts.com. That's uh, jonathanparkbts, B as in boy, T as in Tom, S as in snake, 
bandcamp.com. And there we, we've just updated with album 8 and album 9 all of the actors, uh, the recording dates. And uh, sometimes it's really exciting just to go through and you'll hear um, a bunch of actors that um, you, you just wouldn't expect them to be, the, um, to be doing that kind of character. Uh, we had uh, David Heath, who, po- uh, who portrayed um, uh, Alexander DeMarcus in The Voyage Beyond, and he is the Effendi in this new album. And it was really neat to hear him. He was actually the second person to try for the Effendi. And um, uh, the first person had other commitments. And so the second man, um, Mr. Heath, when he came in, he really he, he was able to play the villain so well and give him such a, a neat presence there, a, a big voice. And so if, you, if you're ever interested in looking at cast credits, you'll find some, some interesting facts. Some of our actors have even appeared in other Christian radio dramas. And uh, so we've gone through and still doing a little bit of work on the site, but uh, it's really fun if you want to go through and, and see where all of these actors have come from. And many of them are talented in many other areas, and it's neat to see them all sort of come together in Jonathan Park from all different walks of life, and so it's really a very exciting experience. And if you're a big Jonathan Park fan, Jonathan Park Behind the Scenes, jonathanparkbts.com, is a great place to go to see the different actors. That's right. Um, there, we have pictures of almost everybody, and uh, you can also go through, and there's full credits on there showing who did what voice. Like, um, I know Frank Montenegro, who plays Kendall Park, He's done a couple of voices, and if you're quite the fan, you might be surprised at just what voices he's done in the past. When it comes to production, that's something we get asked about a lot, and really production is very important because in old-time radio days, you would have a bunch of actors, and they would all come around the microphone, read their lines. Some of them would actually walk off while the microphone was on, and almost all the sound effects, at least early on in old-time radio, uh, such as Lone Ranger and um, uh, the Green Hornet and Sergeant Preston of the Yukon, quite often those sound engineers were there and they were acting at the same time as the actors. And when you hear those old programs, it is amazing to think of the amount of preparation and reality that they gave those shows uh, live. And so today in the digital audio age, we use a lot of uh, pre-recorded sound effects, and quite often we're, we're making our own sound effects. But when you think of the importance of sound effects in music, it, it can't be overstated, because even for some of our actors who've worked on the, the stage and in theater, they come in, and it's a totally different experience, because they're used to being seen by an audience. And it sometimes helps to still make those hand gestures and things to make the voice sound right. But all you have is your voice. And when it comes to the production engineers, they have to really make it sound like someone is swimming in a pool of water, that uh, rock walls are closing in, that an airplane is flying by, uh, there's footsteps, there's cloth sounds. And so really we're creating a whole world, and yet uh, none, of, none of our cast members were in a plane at the time, none of them were, were walking down a flight of stairs. And so it's up to the, to the sound designer to go ahead and to work on building that scene. So what happens is the actors will record in a silenced room and they will act and give all the best energy that they can to interpret those lines. And then it will go to the dialogue editor to make a clean dialogue track. And he will go through, he'll edit out mistakes, 
Um, he'll, Dad and I have done a lot of that work. And that's kind of exciting because slowly the program starts to come together as we edit out those mistakes and then we choose the best takes of a line. And then when it comes to production, that's some of the most fun because then it starts to come alive as we hear the sounds come together. At one point, as I mentioned, we had um, a motorcycle chase through Egypt, which was a, a challenge to write. Dad wrote that scene, and I remember when um, he was done with the motorcycle chase, I just laughed, and so did the cast when they finished recording it. And uh, we had a Harrier fighter jet, and then we had, um, as I said, sometimes we record some of our own sound effects, and we had closing stone walls, and, and you worked on that, Dad. Right. Yeah, we were trying very hard to find... Uh, we have banks, uh, and not banks, but um, libraries of sound effects, and we have a, a point in the story where these stone walls are closing in on you. Uh, and the, um, there just wasn't a proper sound effect for that. So we had to manufacture it. And Andrew and I actually manufactured that sound in a closet in our house. <laughs> and uh, we did it with a, a pair of bricks and, um, and a microphone and I guess some reverb and... Then there was kind of a low rumbling sound we put in the background. And uh, when you hear it all together, it certainly sounds like the right thing. Yeah, it certainly sounds like, like two tons of rock closing in on somebody. Yeah, it's and amazing. So that was an awful lot of fun to work on. And that's, that's some of the challenges that you come across that you wouldn't even think it would, it would take that much work. But then when you start to hear it all come together, it's, it's like there's... I don't know, it's, it's like creating that illusion of the two tons of rock, and we create it with two small bricks here at home. Mm -hmm. But You know, um, maybe we should mention the, the video we have on our website. Oh, yes. Yeah, we have a website called the creationadventurefamily.com. That's creationadventurefamily.com. And if you'll go there and take a look, uh, that's our family website. There is a link there to an old-time radio um, video, basically, that shows you how old-time radio was done back in, do you know what year that was, 1939? I believe it was 1937, yeah. Okay, yeah. so in 1937, it's an actual video showing you the different actors stepping up to the mic, doing their parts, and what's really fascinating is the sound effect guys in the background. They're doing a western, so there's galloping horses, they're chopping down trees, there's fire, and all of those sounds were made in studio, and I think you'll get a real kick out of watching that video and seeing just how it was done. Today, it's much easier. We just get to pull those sounds up uh, from a sound library and digitally plug them in and then augment them except for like the the stone walls and things where we have to manufacture those sounds and uh, in in making sounds it's really interesting you have to create a sound that makes sense and is is what the listener is expecting so you have to it, it can be very difficult from our point of view when you're in production uh, we have to be thinking, what is the listener going to want to hear, and what would that sound like? Uh, because sometimes we can get the actual sound of what it is, and it just doesn't quite work. So we have to do something different. Uh, for instance, I can think of, uh, I'm sure you've watched movies where people are shooting guns. And if you've ever been to a gun range, uh, guns just go pop, basically. They can go louder or, or less, but the real kaboom with an echo is something that's kind of manufactured. So most gunfire that you hear in a, a movie or a radio show like this is uh, manufactured to sound that way. And that's what's really interesting is 
we're kind of looking for almost the spirit of the sound. That's uh, what we sort of say to each other, and uh, we kind of joke about that on occasion, but it's like really the the large sound of a gun going off in your hand. It is a large sound, but it doesn't, when it's, when it's recorded, it just doesn't sound quite right if it's the exact gun. And so quite often we have different modifications, and the same can be said for, for airplanes, for thunder and lightning and, and things like that. And... So that's, and then lastly, we will add the, the music, and that really helps to give that scene a lot of extra life. Yeah, music is a fascinating thing because you don't really realize, I didn't really realize until I got into this kind of work, just how much music um, affects you. Uh, we should probably put together sometime an, an example of different kinds of mood music. So when you're uh, a radio producer and you're looking for a piece of music to go behind a scene, you can find something that's melancholy or something that's sneaky or um, surreptitious or exciting or um, romantic, uh, whatever those things are. And as I say those words, probably different pieces of music come into your head. But um, a lot of people, like I, I noticed recently people take hard rock music and put Christian words to it, but if it's the same hard rock music, it's still evoking from your body the same kind of feeling. Uh, it just has different words to it, and if it's really hard, you can't even understand the words anyway, so uh, that's why we as a family, we don't even participate with any of those kind of things, but it's very fascinating how music can really set the scene and bring it all to life. And that's that's what I always say is next time that someone says, um, you know, music is neutral to you, ask them to really think about it because um, when it comes to making a story and music behind it, music can evoke any kind of mood. And actually, um, in our line of work, we can go and we can look for music that has actually a a mood written next to it. And it's just amazing what composers can do to bring up those different types of moods in music. And it really, really sets the stage for it. So now the program has um, just come out, and and so we've gotten a lot of positive responses. And uh, the program has just now recently been syndicated to uh, the over 700 stations that carry Jonathan Park. And um, so we're really hoping that it will impact people positively and that they'll learn about the truth of their creator, they'll learn about being able to talk to people from different cultures with a biblical perspective. And th this has been quite an experience for us. It's been almost two years in the making. And as a whole family, when I say that Dad and me um, wrote these last 12 scripts, it's, it's really the story of uh, our whole family, uh, my mother and two sisters, and us being able to write together to be able to to bounce ideas off of each other and to really see if, if certain lines are working and if we're getting our message across. And uh, we, of course, have many technical advisors and Mr. Roy as the script editor. And so it's it's been a real team effort. But it's a very personal um, effort between Dad and me because um, a lot of people ask, how can a father and son write together? And uh, quite often, um, he'll take a scene and I'll take a scene and we'll write it and um, then he'll critique mine and I'll critique his and we think enough alike as to where we're very united in our purpose but then we have just enough of a different perspective to I think give it that extra 
that extra measure of being able to test it between each other. And quite often we'll, we'll sit next to each other at the same desk and we'll write a line and we'll say, how about this one? And uh, the other of us will say, no, I, I just don't think that's communicating it. And so we almost self-check it. We're like a small editorial team right here. Mm-hmm. So true. There are times when uh, uh, so you'll also notice, along with a lot of adventure in this Jonathan Park, that uh, the adventure is a little more drawn out than it has been in the past in Jonathan Park so that you can totally understand what's going on and really get into the different things that are happening. There's also a whole lot of humor in this one. It's a whole lot of fun. And uh, when we were at one of the recordings, one of the guests there was asking, how did you come up with all that humor? And really, it wasn't something that we just tried to do. We just had fun doing it, and we thought, well, wouldn't it be fun if Eddie said this there? Or if Akiva, who is a, a great character, um, he does a lot of comic lines in this. And so um, one of the things is that Akiva has this broken down Jeep that he's always fighting with. And so there's always some shtick that goes along with that. So uh, the humor just kind of came out from the two of us working together. And uh, the story also matured. Uh, we know that we were recording earlier scenes and um, talking to some of the actors, and we were getting some input from some of them because we didn't have the entire story arc finished when we started recording. We were still in the writing stages. So it kind of matured as we went along. So it's really been a very, very exciting thing, and just to be able to see how the events in our album are being mirrored in Egypt. And uh, we just thank the Lord for the opportunity to be able to do this and pray that people will, uh, will learn more about His Word We'll learn about history, and we'll learn about having a decidedly Christian perspective on the world. And so we're not exactly sure what the future of Jonathan Park is going to be in the near future or where the albums are going to go next. Um, That's up to the show's producer, Mr. Roy, and Vision Forum Ministries, which is the sponsor of the program. But uh, you can keep posted at jonathanpark.com. That's the official site, jonathanpark.com. And uh, you can sign up for email updates there and learn about the newest albums. And uh, there's also study guides from previous albums that are available there. And you can become a member of the Creation Response Team, which will give you access to a lot of interesting information there. Um, they even have some more behind-the-scenes stuff there as well. So meanwhile, um, Dad and I, were pressing ahead with uh, some plans of our own. And as a family, uh, uh, Mom and me and, and Dad and my little sister, Grace and... Uh, Little sister Rachel, we're all, we have all kinds of fun just uh, living life, and we're discussing a lot of different story ideas. We have some exciting plans in the future. As you know, we produced uh, the te- Detective Rick Wraith radio drama um, a couple of years ago, and we've had some very positive responses from that, and we're hoping to come out with a novelization of those episodes, and that should be available very soon. On our website at creationadventurefamily.com, you can sign up for our email updates, and we have a lot of behind-the-scenes information. Um, in fact, uh, we talk about many of our things that we're planning and um, some special Jonathan Park news, and you can get those if you sign up for our email updates at creationadventurefamily.com. And so we have some exciting top-secret plans, which we're currently working on, and so just stay tuned as we'll be releasing more info on that in the near future. It's just been a real pleasure to be here on Audio Theater Central. We love what you guys do, being able to get your feedback and being able to hear what you think of it. And it's just been a real honor to be on the program with you. And so I'm Andrew Riffenberg. I'm Dwayne Riffenberg. 
And we just want to thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to to talk to your listeners. And we just pray that uh, God will bless this album and that God will bless your work too. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Dwayne and Andrew, for taking the time. Man, you guys went way above and beyond uh, my expectation for this great information that you shared. So we really want to take time to thank you for that. Yes, thank you. Yeah. A wealth, as J.D. said in the beginning of the show, a wealth of behind the scenes and great information. Really yeah. appreciate it. So, again, there's a ton of information at their Jonathan Park Behind the Scenes website. There's a link to that in the show notes. And, uh, again... Check it out if you're a big fan of the show. A lot of information there. And, and thanks again to the Riffenbergs. We are looking forward to Volume 10 of Jonathan Park. Can't wait to see what's going to happen next. Well, I think that's it, guys. Yeah. You're so quiet today. Short one this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys soon with some more great information about family-friendly audio drama. We've got an interview with the Get in the Show contest winner, Shona Kennedy coming up so that'll be coming up in episode 41 so check that out and again thanks for listening we'll see you next time audio theater central is a production of radio css media radiocss.com either of you guys do any voices like those guys can? Hmm. I'm not going to try. Oh, come on, Roy. Andrew has a very Never. good Andrew does a very good George Bush impression. Which George Bush? The older one. <laughs> I can only do it when you do your really good George W. Bush impression. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I, I cannot do any voices, so those guys are extremely talented. Yeah. I haven't done it in a long time. Me so, neither. Uh, I can't even remember how to sound like that. Yeah. It's hard. It's, I'm trying to remember what he says. Nuclear. Nuclear. I can't even do it. I can't. Nuclear. Do it. Nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> well, you know there. I can't even do it anymore, man. <laughs> I can't. Way too long. <laughs>